that's something I think you need to be black and white about and you need to be decisive. If you want growth, look for growth. You want yield, start looking for yield and start looking for, you know, for these kind of returns that you're after. And there's no right or wrong, but but it is a strategy at the end of the day and it's a plan that needs to be put into place and you need to understand the whys of that decision. Hey everybody, Dominic Neshi here and this is another episode of the Wealthy Podcast. I have Sam and Louie as always and today we're going to be talking about why before what. This is you know, more of a personal topic. We want to chat about your reasons why behind making your investments and why you're working so hard to make money and create wealth. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you two fellas have to say. So thanks for jumping on the show this afternoon. Our pleasure. All good. So tell me, fellas, why why before what? Like, what what has inspired you? What's the why behind a lot of your um, what you're doing? Like Sam specifically, let me address you because you know I've had the pleasure of seeing a lot of the designs for your developments. I've heard of, I've seen some of your previous developments, and you know if people buy properties because they want to eventually retire. People do it because they want to have that passive income. And if you don't mind me sharing, you've bought this site. You're developing three townhouses. And you could just as easily have built, you know, a bunch of little dog boxes and gotten the rent that you you wanted rather than spending so much time and effort to do this beautifully designed townies to achieve, you know, your your outcome. What, what's going on there? Yeah, sure. Look, um, uh, it comes down to, a, um, you know, a, I think a personal preference in terms of having pride in, in, in the work that you, um, you know, in the work that you do. So um, these specific townhouses that you mentioned, Dom, uh, are something that I'm, you know, particularly uh, very anal about because I want to, uh, you know, I want to provide some kind of sustainability, you know, homes and something that's going to stand the test of time as opposed to, you know, me just wanting the quick buck and, you know, selling and keeping and et cetera, et cetera. To me, I, I don't have to, you know, go and, 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 you know, for example, floor to ceiling, you know, say tiles or marble walls or marble feature walls, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have to do that. But for me, I feel as though I want to provide value for the buyer because whoever buys these homes, um, I also think about that they're very similar to me and take pride into these, into these, um, you know, into these details and, and also, you know, want something to present nicely and, and, and want to make, you know, their own abode, um, a, a very comfortable and personal one. So, my whys for creating these um, really stem down from, you know, my, um, Im, Im, you know, my, my father was an immigrant, came to, to the country in the, in the 70s and I grew up all, you know, hearing nothing but, you know, uh, terraces in Richmond and Melbourne were offered to me at 15 and 16,000 and now they're 1.6, $1.7 million and I wish I bought that and I'm so silly for not buying that. So, I, I'm, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to have a father that, 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 you know, that, you know, made a living, but also, you know, informed him of, of, of his mistakes. So my wives are wanting to take a little bit more risks 
than he did and and taking uh, you know you know that leap of faith i guess and having some courage in making some some uh some good decisions and some good risky investments um you know for myself you, you know and 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 i feel as though you know that's what happens over the time that you build a portfolio is that your first one might not be the perfect you know investment um, but you you simply just learn on 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 the do's and don'ts and 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 I guess the pros and cons and I always tell my clients there is no such thing as a perfect investment but if it hits eighty to ninety percent of the brief of your prerequisites about what you want to purchase I feel like that could be you know a good stepping stone into something bigger and better and you know everybody does have their own wise you know, Dom, some people want, you know, financial freedom, you know, in their retirement, which is, I, I think, is a very cliche, very standard response. Um, but for me, my why is really stemmed down to um, me, you know, having, you know, uh, I guess, uh, conviction into my investments and, and wanting them to really uh, perform for me, um, you know, for the years to come. So, um, and I, I am, I am younger, uh, and I, I, and, and I do say that I, I, I have learned the hard way, but my why's really stem down on, on really taking a risk and, 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 you know, and, and wanting to see a decent portfolio, um, you know, in the next decade or so. But it feels like to you or to me, it feels like to me that you're also expressing yourself through your investments. Yeah, you know, sure. Some people could just do something vanilla and they'd get an outcome. Yeah. But it sounds like you're trying to show a bit of yourself through the assets that you're buying. Sure. You know, maybe and, I'm going too deep. Like, no, it's true though. Um, my, you know, my brother calls me, you're very, very fussy when you could just, you know, you know, pick that, for example, specification, which is that much cheaper, but looks the same. I said, yeah, but it isn't. And for me, it's having that integrity and providing the best of value or the best of quality in the things that I do. Um, and again, it's a personal thing for me. So um, there are shortcuts and, I, 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 and I've, I've seen people take shortcuts and I've seen the outcomes of it and um, it's something that I don't um, want, you know, that I don't want to be a part of. So um, I'd rather do things properly and, 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 and do things, you know, um, you know, do things uh, once and for all. So do things properly once and for all. So um, that's, they, I guess they're my wise and they're, they're my personal wise. And, and Tom and Louis, I, I, we speak to clients every day. Everybody has their own whys and, and, and um, yeah, and they're, and they're all very important um, as to why people invest. But, but I guess the fundamental, um, the fundamental reason is, is just, you know, having something for later on. And um, that, that is the whole point of, of why people buy uh, properties for me in a way. That's interesting because I think, I think about, I think about people's motivations from that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen or heard of it, but at the bottom, you've got, you know, food, water, shelter. That's trying to protect and look after yourself. Then after that, it starts to get more complicated. Like then you want to, um, once you've got enough money and making, making good money and you feel confident and you want to start looking at artistic pursuits, you want to have fun, you want to go out to dinner, you want to start expressing yourself. And then after that, you want to start giving back. You know, you want to start doing things to what's my impact and what's my legacy and it sounds like with you, you're, you've kind of moved past the whole, you know, I've got enough money to eat and I'm okay. 
where you're trying to you know, more or less self-actualize and do more with your investments, which is a very confident thing to do. It's a sign of an, uh, an educated yeah. and sophisticated investor. Well, You've well, moved yeah. past just the basics. Well, well to me is, is that um, more isn't better. I, for example, you know, that townhouse, I could have got four on there. Um, but for me, I'd rather say do less for more, um, which could have, you know, which equated to, you know, a best, a, a less of a return for me. But I feel as though, um, you know, providing, you know, some decent quality is something that I pride myself, you know, with. And, um, you know, and I don't want to be part of a certain category as a, you know, a greedy developer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so it, definitely it's, 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 they're my personal whys, um, you know, to a T. Louis, what's going on, man? Over you, you you're, you're relatively quiet on these podcasts, but, you know, you're a, a funny character in that every time you talk to Louis, Sam, I don't know if you noticed this, but he's always got some interesting story or there's another piece of his character that comes out. There's so many layers to Louis that always comes out whenever you ask a different question. And mm. one reason why I like working with you, one of the reasons why I wanted you to be a part of the wealthy team is I felt this like innate hunger and desire to just go and do something and just really, really push. Mm. And, you know, what? where did that come from? What's what's sort of the why behind your investments? Like you're buying heaps of different things and, mm. and, and moving into the property ladder now. I think <clears> – I had a thought about this earlier and I think that my why – stems from it might be more of the probably more on the cliche side of things i am um the youngest of three siblings meaning that my age gap between myself and my brother is i think 13 14 years meaning that mum and dad are in their stage of their life of retire or dad's retired mum's retiring and they're both very hard working people mum's primary school teacher dad was in the car industry and i sort of came to a realization that my my want was to be able to give them give back to them the what they gave to me growing up and my window of opportunity to do so is is a lot smaller than than maybe someone else's because of because of the age gap between my my parents and I so me being 20 now mum you know dad being 60 63 i've got a smaller window of time to really push ahead, take riskier investments and, and put money in the bank to then show them and provide them a, a happier retirement for for the rest of, uh, you know, the, for the rest of their time moving into say, so they don't have to be worried about any more financial stress. They can live where they want and everything can be paid for and provided for by me. But if I put that on me, I've got to really start making calls at a younger age at, at me at 24 to start working hard, putting assets under my name, putting different investments into play, shares, I know your cryptocurrencies, whatever, or anything that I can turn into more money to essentially then provide for for mum and dad, and you know, and all my family for you know my my future wife if there ever be one, and the kids that come along after that again if there ever be them, but and my sister and my brother and their family. That's where that's where my sort of my want for investing is is to to give back to them and also to to be able to have a stable sort of future in, in case anything happens to me as well. That's, it's interesting you said it like that because it does seem like when we talk about investments, you are a little bit more aggressive. You are a bit more – you're after the, the bigger returns. You want more growth faster. Mm. You're not looking for yeah. small bits of cash flow over a, a longer period of time. 
you're not yeah. not a defensive investor. You're very aggressive, no. and you're about trying to make as much money as you humanly can as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, and it seems like I actually it seems like really understand rich, that. It seems like get rich quick schemes, but I've seen I've seen too many times happen to people closely around me. Just don't take opportunities or don't take risks, and then in five years' time, it it seems to say the exact same thing as no, you should have done that five years ago. And so if I can take that and hold that into my own advice, you know, I should have been doing stuff five years ago to what I was now when I was 19 years old. But if I can take that from from older people like uh, a little bit older than me, like you two or or, or a generations above like dad or my brother. Like then, Peter. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's the perfect example. And, uh, so taking that on board, I think that if I if I if you press the button hard now, it, it's going to work out better for you. So if you, I, I talk to people all the time that, you know, that want to go, I want to, I want to do two time, uh, two investments this year. I want to do this and this and this. And if you have the capability to do so and you're, and you're a more of the riskier type, then I mean, that's probably my style as well. And it's funny because you're, a, you're in the instant gratification, you know, generation. So, um, it seems like it's it's a wise approach, you know. Everybody wants mm. things now, and wants everybody is in crypto because they want that big lump sum overnight or whatever mm. it is. But reality is, is investments uh, investment return equals time. Yeah. So, mm. but I just know I know the quicker I get in, the 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 quicker the rewards. Not more or less, not like a, a time thing. But I um I always take the the right word of advice from you, Sam, as well, especially that these 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 investments, I know we talk about property market, you know, rising in six months or property market or where we're going to be in the next year. But I, I still wholeheartedly think if we're, if we're going to invest in the property market, it's it's 10 to 15 to 20 years time. But the accumulation of these assets over the next year or two is what's going to really, you know, really be our you know, dividing factor between someone who doesn't pick up assets now or someone who does pick up them and, and they look at their where they are in you know a, a big chunk of time, say 10 to 15 years away. I actually understand both of your investment strategies in the way that you think because, Louis, I, I feel like I was that when I first started. I had a massive bee in my bonnet. I'm the eldest sibling. And, you know, I felt like I had to pave the way and, you know, my family, there wasn't a lot of money around and I wanted to prove something. I wanted to be you know, that center of influence and the person that people could rely upon and, you know, I could create a, a strong foundation of assets and I, I, I wanted to do it really, really quickly. I was in a mad yeah. hurry because I felt like I was running out of time. Uh, the funny thing is 10 years later, you know, I'm, I'm 33 now, I feel like I've got more time up my sleeve and I'm becoming more patient with my investments. Where before I was in a mad rush to get everything done, you actually realize yeah. that, Making those rush decisions can actually hurt you, and I've I've made rush decisions and hurt myself and lost money. Where I realize now that if I am way more practical and pragmatic, and I slow the process mm. down, and I'm a lot more methodical, maybe do a lot more with less, like Sam's talking about, um, you'll achieve huge results. Mm. Um, it's interesting because I, I like to talk about what the why is because it helps us understand then what the strategy is. You know, I want to use two quick instances or two quick examples. You know, a lot, some clients come to us and they want cash flow. Now, they're very defensive. They want to pay down debt and I completely emphasize and I get that because if they were to go buy, say, a Brisbane house and land or a Canberra unit with a 4 5 6% yield, 
they can structure that investment so that it pays down the debt and then they can also pay down the debt and they can have an unencumbered asset. So that means, uh, you guys know it, but for the people that are listening, it's an asset that has no debt in 15 or 20 years. So whatever your age is, add 15 or 20 years, imagine then living off a passive income of $25,000, a year. It's not huge, but it's still significant. The other side is you can go do something where you're going straight after growth, like those Melbourne townhouses where you know, you're buying it under market value and we know that it's probably going to double in value over the next seven to 10 years. The cash flow sucks relative to other stuff, but you're going to get a huge amount of growth. And now this is maybe someone that's a bit more entrepreneurial, someone that's a bit more aggressive, doesn't want to pay down the debt and they just really want to hammer. So it, it's, it's fascinating for us to then sort of get into the why behind those investments. Mm. Do you think, I, Dom, there's a... No, you go, Sam. Okay, Louis. Do you think, Dom, there is a... Like, obviously, they have their own... Paving their own path is they have their own strategies and, and they're both really good investments. But do you think one is an age investment and one is a or time poor investment? You did it, like if I was to say to someone or someone else come to me, look, I'm you know I'm 38 years old. I haven't I haven't bought a, an investment yet. I'm really uh, I'm I'm I was gun shy for a long time. Now I've got a little bit of sa- cash saved up in the back of my pocket. I want to buy something. Would you steer me towards the cash flow, or would you steer me towards the high growth? I want to start. This isn't financial advice. I want to hear what no. your opinion is as well, Sam. Um, but uh, you know, it depends on that person's character. I agree. It depends on how hard they want to work. It depends on what their risk appetite is like. Um, I will always be running hard for the biggest growth, and and you know, I want to try and get as much gains because I have some friends or, or acquaintances that are my age and it feels like they're trying to retire now as in mentally they're slowing down they don't care they're just they don't want to push that hard where i've met some 55 year olds 60 year olds that feel like they're still bloody 25 or 30 where they're still trying to grow and they're still trying to ramp up so age for me really isn't the question it comes down to their personality and what their drives or motivational ambitions are sure what do you reckon sam I'm with you. Um, and, and that's really important that you said that it's based on their character. I know I always tell my clients, you know, it's, it's, it's um, dependent on your investment strategy. But I also feel investment strategies are also linked to personality types and, 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 and people as well. So um, I agree. And I have to say, you can't have both in the get-go. What, they can probably meet at some point, you know, in, in, in the period of time. But you should be very clear as to, you know, your why and, and as mm. to what you want um, out of the, the asset and, and, and in terms of what kind of performance you want out of it. I had a client, um, you know, a couple of months ago just sent me a message just earlier today and said to me, um, you know, he's bought something off the plan and I, I pushed for him, I pushed for him. Um, and he sent me a message saying, I'm really sorry I was a very hard client for you, but I'm so happy that I made the decision because he's already seen growth. And I have to say, he hasn't settled on the property, but there are others that have sold in the complex for a lot more exact same square meters, exact same, you know, you know, kind of dwelling. And he was, he was the kind of client that wanted everything. And I had to push him to a corner, say, you want growth or when you want yield? And he said growth. And it worked for him. So, 
th- that's something I think you need to be black and white about and be, need to be decisive. If you want growth, look for growth. You want yield, start looking for yield and start looking for, you know, for these kind of returns that you're after. And yeah, there's no right or wrong, but, uh, but, but it is a strategy at the end of the day and it's a plan that needs to be put into place and you need to understand the whys of that decision. Um, because that will be, um, you know, that will determine, you know, your portfolio and the foundations of your portfolio moving forward. Completely agree. Great. Why? We have some clients that, hey, uh, I want to, I just want to be able to provide for my family. I want to have a passive income. You know, I want to, I don't really want that much debt. I want to play very safely and securely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Maybe we'll take smaller bites. We'll go smaller investments. Yeah, sure high cash flow, pay down those assets and then we'll take more slowly methodical steps. Then we have some sure. other clients that are like, hells no, I want everything today. Well, I, I, I had a client that said, I want growth and I said, great, well, you know, this area grew by 8 9% in the last, say, 12 months but it's also got a nearby train station. He goes, oh, a train station, that's too close. And I said, "What's are you after growth, or are you are you scared?" Like it really didn't make sense. So you need to remove the complete emotional factor out of it, um, and be concise and clear and firm <clears throat> on how you want to strategize your investment. Um, because, it, like I said before, it generally is the foundations of the portfolio that you intend to grow. I'm talking too much. I think I should pass it on to Louis. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my question. No such I, thing. Answered perfectly, I think as well. How about you, mate? What What are you looking for your next investment, Louis? You know, based on everything that you've said, you know, what kind of orientation are you going to structure your portfolio? I'm going to – my goal is to pick up something – in the in the mid tier range, and I'm going to go. I've I've steered my strategy around growth to first off because I'm a, a probably more of the aggressive, riskier type. I don't really mind if it's putting a great yield in my pocket. I know that if I pick the right asset at the right time, it, it's going to grow faster than I can, or than a lot more than the money that's going to be putting into my pocket each week. And it means that if I have to work harder. Uh, and put my, more money in my own pocket from from working hard, then I can then I can service the debt, uh, the the interest itself. Then I'm probably going to go for something that's that's going to have the potential to grow, rather than uh, say uh, rather than the yield play to start off with. But that's just that again. That's just backing on my personality type. So I'm looking to I'm looking to pick up something like that at the end of the year. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, look, I, I really do believe in that. Growth strategies are the way to go for if you want to create that equity and if you're feeling like you, you can shoulder the, the weight of, of the, the, um, the expenses for that property. And then, you know, certainly I understand like Tiffy and all her clients, they really, really love cash flow strategy and that makes a lot of sense to me as well. So, I, I see it on both of those but then again, we're bringing you back to that why and what, what's driving you and, and um, why are we making those investments? And you know, it's it's hard for us. We say to clients, don't use your your emotions when making your decision. But the why is what's driving them in the mm-hmm. first instance. You know, the emotions what's driving them to go buy. Emotions causing them to save the money. Mm-hmm. Emotions causing them to go and work their their asses off. Mm-hmm. And then once they're using all this motion to get there, and then once they get to the deal, you're saying, don't use your emotions. Switch it all off and forget about your why. Now we need to be logical 
that's a very, very difficult thing for uh, a client to do. So I completely empathize. I think so too. I think that I'm I'm running out of time, not in my the factor of age. I'm still very young, but running out of time is in the way that the the more people sit back and wait, the the more prices rise, the more things in the world change. And, and if there's opportunities to buy, then we should be buying. So you, when I'm when I'm thinking in that way, and and for a growth strategy, it means that I can probably buy the second one and the third one and the fourth one a lot quicker than I would have the first because I'm saving up all this cash now to put a deposit down. But if I can buy and use the equity to buy again, um, and, and that's my quickest way to the end goal of having lots in a small amount of time, um, then that's probably where I'm. That's the direction I'm heading in. Okay. Well, fellas, I think we've really tapped it on the head. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, what, what I'm seeing a lot of people now, and I'm, I'm seeing a current affair and all these different things. People are really screaming doom and gloom. Are you scared at all for your, your property or for your investments? Are you feeling it? I'm just going to be really blunt and say if you're really scared, then any kind of investment is not for you. You can sit safely, sit comfortably in your own home, um, and not take any risks and watch things unfold. So current affair, you know, they could show all, all, all these, you know, horror stories, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's either you're, you're wanting to, to take a punt because that's what it's all about um, or, you know, stick to the 6.30 news channel and, and see what else, mm. you know, what else is happening. Most of the people pointing those fingers will be the people who haven't taken a risk. And that's fine. As Sam said, that's like, if you don't want to take risks, then you don't have to. No, one's, no one can force you to do anything. But if you're not taking the risk, then I would say pull your finger back and, and, and don't sit there and, and point at other people doing the risk. So we see it too much, especially in this world. It's It becomes people love to – I don't know what it is about our – our culture here. We love to tear each other down in, in that way for, for people who are just having a go or doing good. So, yeah, as Sam said, if you're going to take the risk, I think it's a risk and you're going to take it. But I don't think there's any, I don't think there's a lot of doom and gloom coming. I think we love to predict doom and gloom because it's a lot easier to, to say when doom and gloom doesn't come, oh, it wasn't so bad, rather than to say it's going to be great. And then if we go through a bit of a downfall, then it's, you know, you look worse. So I think it's a safer thing to say a doom and gloom's coming. I've been, and then, uh, yeah. Go for it, Dom. It's, it's not going. No, I was going to say it's not going. I don't, I don't see doom and gloom coming. No, it's, no, it's, I'm killing, this is stressing me out. The sweat patches are coming out. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, I, I will say that when we do see interest rate rise, uh, rise in the future, it will happen. I mean, the, the government is um, stopping the, the buying of bonds or, or selling of bonds at the low interest rate. So eventually the banks will in, increase interest rates. That'll happen in a couple of years, maybe. And then that's where we're going to see some changes in the market. Um, the other article that I wanted to talk to you fellas about that I saw the other day was, uh, is the great Australian dream over? And let me just explain the question. The great Australian dream of buying the quarter acre block that you can just go buy your own home and live in it, like as your first step. Is that great Australian dream over for the average Australian? I think I think the great Australian dream has uh, its path to completion has changed a lot. I think the old uh, work nine to five, put every penny in your pocket is sadly not going to get you to the Australian dream anymore. 
because it's it's just you need you need assistance to I think see financial freedom or or as you said the Australian dream of owning the quarter acre and, and in your dream home where you want to live. I think that to get there, it's there's now a new there has to be a new path taken, and we can't be we can't be. Uh, following the path where the Australian dream was created in the 80s, you know? I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, and I concur with um, Louis that it's definitely shifted and it's getting harder um, mm. for that Australian dream um, to happen. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I think you need to take a, a bit of a detour, uh, uh, you know, about how to get there Um and, you know, to help you expedite um, to get to that goal. Um, it's, it, it, things are becoming more valuable than they were 30 years ago. Um, land's becoming a little bit more scarce. Australia um, becoming a, a baby country is, is starting to diminish because people want to get into the country. So there is a lot of reasons as to things are, uh, as, you know, the goalpost is constantly going to shift. Um, and it, it, it's either you act now and, and, and get closer or sit and, like I said, be comfortable and see that goalpost fade away. Damn. I really, I really do agree with you with there because it's, it's, this is whole back to the emotion, the why. Because I talk to my cousins, my family, my friends, and everyone's like, hey, I want to go buy my own home. But they've got this ideal of buying in this ideal area. They can't afford it and it keeps on getting further and further away, which it, it sucks for them. Um, but I have to say you have one of two choices. One, you either manage your expectations and go buy somewhere you can fucking afford and just get used to living in an area that you don't want to live in or learn to love that area you want to live in, uh, that, that you don't really like to live in, or you go and buy some investments and then earn your way towards buying your own home. I think everyone in Australia has been spoiled for such a long time. And I always say this story, but I lived in, I lived in New York. I lived in London. And the people in London and the people in, in Manhattan don't have this unfair expectation that their first home is going to be in Manhattan. Like they, no one thinks that. And in London, the people that live there don't think they're going to buy their first home in Mayfair or Knightsbridge or any of the areas in central London. You got to go buy out, outside of London. You got to buy outside of Manhattan. And it's a simple fact that Sydney is becoming more and more valuable and you're just going to have to... Um, you know, bite the bullet and become an adult about it all. Mm. Touche. Touche. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> oh, that's my ramble. You know, I think I watch too much TV in these news new shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, final message to listeners, Dom. Final message, final message. I think that um, there are people are scared. They've got the fear of missing out is out there and that's legit because the, the deal, a lot of the good deals are now already gone. They've missed out. Their fear of missing out is, is legit because they've missed out. Um, but there are some really, really good investments out there. It's just not what they're trained to think. So they need to widen their perspective, open up themselves to different things that they weren't anticipating and they'll be pleasantly surprised. Units are going to be a really good investment going forward. Buying interstate investments isn't as scary as, as they think. And, 
you know, going and talking and getting advice isn't a sign of weakness. Just let your guard down and take advice from good people and they'll be pleasantly surprised. That's my big message for people mm. out there today. You too? Um, my final message would be, uh, I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like we're, I, I don't want it to sound like we're preaching to 100% of the population. If you don't want to listen about investing, or if you don't want to think about property buying, or you're not interested in it, don't listen, don't comment, just put it aside. If it's not your interest, then it's not your interest. You know, I got, mum taught me from a very long age that other people have different interests to you. It doesn't mean they're not cool. It doesn't mean they're they're not the same as you. They just, they just don't like what you like. And I thought, okay, that's fair enough. So if you don't want to listen, don't. But also don't be afraid to ask questions if you are interested and then don't shoot the people down who are having a go. That's it there. So if you don't want, if you don't want to listen, don't want to listen. But don't talk to if your friend wants to listen and 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 wants to explore investment options and talk about different things. Then there's no harm in doing that, and I, I encourage it highly. So, but don't bring someone. Don't bring other people. You know, going out there having a go at different little things. If you are, if you're not into it yourself, that's me. I like that. It's very encouraging. It's very comforting, actually. But mm. so in a nutshell, Louis was just saying. If you haven't bought anything, don't discourage others of buying. Um, that's really about it. You've got nothing constructive to say. Don't say it at say all. Say nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, won't, I won't add to that. I think, I think I'll be on board uh, with both your conclusions. Towing the line today. That's unlike you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, as always, I really enjoyed catching up and talking with you. We have these conversations in the office, so it's good that our friends and family and our clients and customers and viewers and audience get to listen to it. All of you out there, um, we love your support and thank you so much for leaving comments, even if some of it's not that nice. We'll still take it and we'll come back to you. <laughs> love you all. Um, yeah, love you all. Have a great week and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>